I am really excited to be here um, this morning and, um, and I thank you for the invitation, Sean, although I think I sort of invited myself. Um, but, uh, but thank you for having me and I am, um, I am really blessed because I got to practice this last night over on the south side with, um, with some young adults and um, yeah, so sort of eased my nerves just a little bit. Um, just a, sorry, getting old. Just a quick backstory. Um, I'm a 52-year-old mum with two teenagers, wife of the most amazing man in the world. I've had, <laughs> I've had cancer for two years. I've been religious all my life, two years. And I'm the happiest I have ever been in my entire existence. It was March 2020, and my family were attending Refresh Church, this church. But we had been active members of South Pine SDA Church for many, many years prior to that. So we watched with interest from the sidelines at the changes going on to revamp South Pine Church and to change its trajectory. Still on the e-news list... I noticed that they were inviting ideas for a new name for the church, something that described to onlookers what it was and where it was going. One of the targets was Petrie University students with the possibility of running a a weekday cafe and meeting place. I spent some time in prayer And the name The Nest came to my heart. A place where people grow and learn, where they are fed and nourished, encouraged and loved, treated like family, a safe place. So I sent off my suggestion. Needless to say, the church is now called Innovations, not The Nest. I tucked The Nest away in the back of my mind. After my diagnosis in May 2019, God became the rock in my life. I finished up work to concentrate on my healing and after the initial fear and turmoil had settled a bit and my head had begun to clear, he led me in April of 2020 to become consistent with my time of gratitude, prayer and Bible study. So I changed my routine and said to God as I fell asleep at night, God, only you know how much time we need to spend together tomorrow morning. Just wake me at whatever time and I'll get up and start the day with you. So I would rise early while my family were still sleeping and the neighbourhood was quiet and spend precious time with God. Above all, I prayed that God would lead me and bless me abundantly. Back to the birds. Next one, Chloe. Sadly, two of the top four of the world's least affordable housing market cities are in Australia. Sydney and Melbourne are surpassed only by Vancouver and Hong Kong according to data stream February 2021. Back in the last census, 2016, 1.55 million Australians were dealing with housing stress. And our upcoming census later this year is predicted to be significantly worse, particularly with the effects of COVID. 
We're just not building enough affordable housing to meet the demand. There are mothers who have supported their families all their lives, divorced and find themselves over 50 who find themselves homeless, resorting to living in cars or couch surfing is skyrocketing. My husband Jed and I property investment. So about six years ago, we attended a course for investors to help break this housing shortage cycle in Australia. The idea was to provide affordable, safe housing for those single people struggling in the rental market. But due to other commitments and the busyness of life, we'd just talked about it and never acted on it. When I was diagnosed with cancer in 2019, a lot changed in our lives and it was time to act on some of those things that we'd procrastinated over for too long. In May of last year, 2020, we found ourselves looking for a small residential block in Bald Hills. Bald Hills, because it's the northernmost and therefore one of the cheapest suburbs in Brisbane City Council to purchase land. And Brisbane City Council is much more amenable to this style of housing than those regions further out of town. We put in low offers on a number of properties with God guiding us at each turn. And on Tuesday, May 12th, our offer was accepted on a property on Wing Street. A few weeks later, it occurred to me that the nest would be the home we build on Wing Street. Somewhere safe and warm, a little community where people are loved and treated like family. Next clip. Thanks. Oh, sorry, is that my problem? On. Got it. Cute. Sorry, I'm a bit new to this. <laughs> About July of last year, 2020, a few months into early mornings with God, it occurred to me that I have this amazing start to my day with God. But when I leave that room, life slowly creeps in. I asked myself, is it possible to stay connected with God all day? My dad, who's not very techno-savvy, had asked some time before for help to put an hourly chime on his phone to remind him to check in with God. Maybe I could use this method to stay connected with God all day. So I went to the app store on my phone and looked for something that would make my phone chime every hour, or at least while I'm awake. I found one. And every time it chimed, it was an opportunity for me to think about where I'd been with God in that last hour and to be intentional about staying with God in the next hour. Trouble was, it sounded like Big Ben and people within earshot would look around at each other and say, is there someone at the door? So I checked out the other chime options and settled on a tweeting bird sound. Tweet, tweet, tweet. It was still a bit mechanical sounding, but much more natural. In time, my long-winded, where have I been with God in the last hour and how can I be more intentional this next hour, morphed into a simple, I am with you. God's promise to me. In whatever I happen to be dealing with or whatever my struggle at the time, 
God reminded me, I am with you. Every time I heard that tweet, a smile would curl the corners of my mouth and a sense of peace would settle in my heart. I am not alone. I am never alone. It is possible to stay connected with God all day. It was really important for me, a lot of that was just walking. I didn't have a lot of energy and it was something I could do anywhere, anytime. Got me out of the house, it ramped up my breathing, filled my lungs, got me out into the blue and green. It was winter in Queensland, so a beautiful time to walk at any time of the day. So I'd go walking in the middle of the day, in the warm winter sunshine. It fitted in with my regime and hardly anyone was around, so it was pretty quiet. In those early days, I frequented a path that was mostly bush but not far from busy roads. It took me just over an hour to do the whole circuit and had a couple of rest spots along the way to stop and journal. Initially, it went a bit like this. I'd put on shorts, shirt, hat and my walking shoes, grab my bum bag to carry my water bottle, sling my light collapsible day pack on my back to collect a few cans for the neighbour, pick up my phone from the bench and head out the door. I would walk along appreciating the outdoors and the sunshine. Soon my mind would start thinking about the things of the day, plans for later in the week, people I should catch up with. Oh, I might just text them now to arrange that. Good, done. Back to enjoying the blue and green, the sky and nature around me. Ring, 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 ring. Look at my phone. Oh, I really should take that call from my family member. 20 minutes later, I'd hang up. Back to the blue and green. A bit further along, my phone goes, tweet, tweet, tweet. I smile as I repeat that line in my head. I am with you might listen to some uplifting Christian music on my phone. Yeah, that's good. And all of a sudden, I'm home again. Very quickly, God said to me, maybe we could leave that thing at home, hey? This is our time. All good things I'm doing on my phone, but for another time, not now. So I started leaving my phone at home when I walked. My mind still ran off thinking of other things, but soon it would slow down. And in the quiet of my mind, I would start to find myself in the present. The warmth of the sun on my skin, the awakening of my muscles as I walked, the smell of the bush, the breathing of fresh air, the taste of clean water from my water bottle, the myriad shades of green in the leaves of even just one tree as the light plays on the waving foliage. The brilliant blue of the sky from horizon to horizon. And the sounds of birdsong. Laughing kookaburras, raucous mickey birds, Fluty magpies, 
cawing of crows and the pretty little creature of a willy wagtail. All of them, the tweet, tweet, tweet of my God saying, I am with you. And to think I needed my phone as a reminder. Thank you, God. It is possible to stay connected with God all day. There is a song by Chris McClarney called I'm Listening. And the chorus goes, I don't want to miss one word you speak because everything you say is life to me. I don't want to miss one word you speak, so quiet my heart. I'm listening. And that's all we need, to quiet our hearts, to quiet our minds, to quiet our souls, to quiet our phones, to quiet our busy lives. Stop and become mindful of the present, of the space you are in. That is when we hear God. I'm going to read you a page from my journal. Thursday, October 15, last year, 2020. And you're going to say, oh, she's one of those journaling people, is she? <laughs> I've never been a journaler until the last two years, and I love it. I just love it. Today, I went for what I thought was a shorter walk down by the Overland Flow Drain about 12.30 p.m. in the heat of the day. Just past the first houses, I heard a faint chirp-chirp on the ground to my right in the dried leaves beneath the trees. And there was a fat, fluffy, grey baby bird about the size of an orange. I looked up to see if it had fallen from a nest, but I couldn't see one. I wanted to do something but didn't know what. Something inside me told me to just step back and watch. Within minutes, a tribe of noisy miners landed above my head making a right ruckus. Then a butcher bird with them, keeping a good eye on me. Every time I looked away, the butcher bird would line me up and swoop me, clacking its wings close to my head. Had my big hat on, so no probs. No probs. Laugh out loud emoji. <laughs> then the miners left and I realised that the butcher bird was the baby's dad. I stepped back a bit further and sat down in the shade about eight metres from the baby bird. It was big enough to be hopping around in the leaves and would move around the safety of the base of the tree. There was a general ruckus in the local bird world, so I guess they all knew what was going on. Soon I noticed another butcher bird, this one with drab colours flitting about. Mummy bird. With something in her beak. She would fly from tree to tree around the chick, then over his head until eventually she flew down to him, hopped around and fed the young chick for about 10 seconds, then flew off. Then it was dad's turn. He'd harass any bird that got too close, swooped some dude with headphones on, bopping past, 
so that he had to jog away backwards, keeping the bird in sight. Pretty funny. Then he would fly to a branch close to the chick where he would sing loudly, facing away, seemingly to all the other birds around. Then he would sing or talk more quietly while looking at the chick. Then he would fly down low over the baby and away. At the sight of dad so close, baby bird would hop after him for a bit, flapping his stubby wings. The dad was encouraging him to fly and the singing was, I am with you. Then he'd fly off and nothing would happen for a while. Then the mum would be back with more food and encouragement. Three times she fed him in the hour that I stayed. Then a break. Then dad would be back to sing and encourage and fly over him and defend him from any bird coming too close. What a lesson for me. Just like humans... Animals are created with the characteristics of God. As parents, they defended him, fed him, encouraged him, were the example for him and reassured him that they were always with him. God cares for that baby bird and he encouraged me to stay and watch. I was so blessed. But that day I had to be somewhere else. So I ran home laughing that God was going to make me late and that he had no concept of human time. But what was more important? Me seeing God in nature or me getting to a meeting on the other side of town on time. I hope baby manages to fly and get up to the safety of the trees above. Next day, Friday, October 16th, from my journal. Walked home from haircut, anxious to see if baby bird got back into the tree. Got to the spot. And saw Dad first. Sorry, my iPhone's old and uh, that's not very clear. He didn't hesitate in swooping me. Laugh out loud emoji. Then I turned around and looked up to see two baby birds together above me. One on the branch above and one below it on the trunk. But they were older than my baby bird and less fluffy. I stood still and something caught my attention on a much lower branch below the two. It was fat baby bird. I smiled. He hadn't, hadn't made it too far off the ground but high enough to be safe from predators. Wow, thank you, God. All your creations are made in your image and these birds care for and defend their own just like you do. I am truly blessed. The tweet, tweet, tweet of my phone kept reminding me, I am with you. I am with you. How cool is that? That I am reminded every hour that God is with me. Wow. It's not just once a day, which for me and the struggles I was facing was not nearly enough. It wasn't every five minutes, which would be too often, And I would start to ignore it in order to get done the things I needed to do in my day. But it was once every hour, perfect timing. I would smile and repeat the words in my head. I am with you. 
I am with you. What could be better than that? Then, one day, I thought I noticed a random God thought pop into my head. And then my phone went, tweet, tweet, tweet. Coincidence? Surely. And my negative narrative plays in my head and says, you're not worthy. God wouldn't take the time to speak to you in that way. And my negative narrative plays in my head and says, you're not worthy. I just need to expand on this negative narrative concept a bit here. Because when I was writing this sermon, I got to this part and my phone went, tweet, tweet, tweet. And the thought in my head said to me, I am with you. Expand on this. So, just a side story, but a very important one. You may relate to this, or maybe not. We each have a backstory, a negative narrative, a story that Satan himself has written for you over the years. That negative story that plays in your mind and affects all your decision-making, all of your relationship decisions, how you view life, how you view God, what you think of yourself. It's the story that limits you stops you from reaching your true potential, holds you back, allows you to survive but never to thrive. It's the story that says, you're not smart, you're not popular, you're too fat, too thin, too short, too tall, you'll never get good grades. You always make mistakes. You have never accomplished anything. You're a loser. You're shy. You're not muscly, not pretty. You're not someone people want to be friends with. You're a klutz. You'll never get that promotion. You're stupid. You don't deserve a good life. They can all be summed up in the clincher of them all, you're not worthy. Be very careful. The story you tell yourself is destroying you and it is not from God. When I was diagnosed with cancer, it wasn't enough just to fix my physical body. I had to find out why I have cancer. I wasn't a big believer in the common theory that you have cancer because your mum had cancer or because someone else in your family tree had cancer. I have since read in a number of studies that genetic defects account for only about 5 to 10% of all cancers. 90 to 95% are due to environment and lifestyle. So if I'm going to get to the bottom of this disease, my environment and lifestyle are likely to be the culprits. In the last 20 years, I've had a couple of nervous breakdowns. The last one being about two years prior to my cancer diagnosis. In my research on cancer, one common thread is that there is often 
a telltale event that happens in your life about two years prior to cancer being diagnosed. A wake-up call, if you will. Something that says to you, things are not right. Look into it. But things usually get better and we carry on with life as if nothing happened. Not good. My nervous all about my negative narrative, my backstory, which I had spent my whole life building a facade around so that people could only ever see the acceptable me. No way was I going to let anyone see the person I thought I really was, the person who ruled my life. The worthless me, the me who was not smart, the me who struggled to learn new concepts, the me who avoided deep and meaningful conversations for fear that I'd be exposed, the me who couldn't remember much of my childhood, the me who struggled to remember names of people I'd known most of my life, the me who professed to be a Christian but didn't know God. The me who couldn't remember the names of my kids' friends, so I avoided making real connections with them. The worthless me. The me that even my family didn't know. In 2017, I was working on a fast-track project where I was expected, amongst other tasks, to prepare complex schedules for this large project. It should not have been an overly difficult task for someone of my architectural experience and background. I procrastinated, not knowing where to start, not wanting to ask for help, and my... So I procrastinated even more. The more I put it off, the more my anxiety levels rose. Those of you who have ever suffered anxiety will know that you can very quickly end up in this downward spiral. You have so many things to do, but can't even start one, even the simplest of things. Someone described it to me recently as the as hitting the ceiling of complexity. It didn't just happen in a day. It took a few months to reach this point, each day getting worse. Towards the end, I would start to shake and sweat every morning as I approached the office. I would sit blankly staring at my computer, trying hard to hide the fact that I was getting nothing done. There was nothing I could do to hold it back. I just grabbed my bag, walked out, shaking and crying, hoping not too many people noticed. Later, I called the office not coping. They kindly filled in for me, but I know I left them in a difficult situation. I went to see my GP, who sent me to a psychiatrist, who sent me for brain scans and sleep studies and taught me about managing anxiety. I got out into the country on my own for four or five days to find some stillness. And after a couple of weeks, I went back to work, moved to a different team where I could carry a lighter load with less stress, straight back in the saddle, so to speak. Then two years later, breast cancer. You might think, gee, that's a tough gig, nervous breakdown and cancer, but they're not separate. I believe that my negative narrative caused my nervous breakdown, which in turn was the writing on the wall for my later cancer. 
There may be many things that caused my cancer, but this was a significant one. My negative narrative that I had entertained in my head for many, many years. You're not worthy. It has taken me two years now of therapy to firstly find out what my negative narrative is, to head, which is daily, multiple times every day, to realise that I have a choice and I no longer have to choose that old path. Then to create new neural pathways which serve me so much better. It's not easy to change, but I am a new person, no longer living in fear and anxiety. It is the best thing I've ever done for myself. And I thank God for leading me to this place. So if you notice something holding you back from a full life, something stopping you from thriving, from being the very best version of you, stop and think about it. Whether you're 20 or 20 hundred, as my kids used to say when they were little, you are never too young or too old to give yourself the permission to thrive and to be the whole person God created you to be. I used a course called EAP, which stands for Enhances Awareness Program, which I highly recommend with a Christian mentor. God clearly led me to this one. But there are many courses out there helping people to live their truest truth. It's not weak to need help. Led around by the story Satan has devised for you. So, back to the birds. Odd thought pop into my head and then literally a second later my phone went tweet, tweet, tweet. Coincidence? This happened over and over out of the blue, a thought would pop into my head, usually something I'd been contemplating sometime previously. Something I was unsure about, something my negative narrative won't let me believe, an encouraging text I was thinking about sending someone, thinking about inviting someone out for coffee and a chat, thinking about a holiday or an adventure, thinking about what to make for dinner. Big things, little things. God just coming through with the confirmation, tweet, 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 I am with you. If it's not enough to make you believe that thought is on the right track, it's certainly enough to pull you up in your tracks and make you say to yourself, what was that thought I was just thinking? And to then give it some extra attention. Let me read again from my journal, Thursday, September 24, 2020. This was a text that I sent, part of a text that I sent to a close friend audience. Just half an hour ago, I'm out walking and I'm struggling with God about something very close to my heart. I get the usual answer, which, if I believed it, would be great news. 
but disbelief is creeping in. So I burst into tears and say, but God, I don't know whether I can believe that anymore. Show me some other way. One second later, I hear tweet, tweet, tweet from my back pocket. A long time back, a very good friend sent me a text. A verse from her prayer journal from James 1 verse 5. And it says, If you want to know what God wants you to do, ask him and he will gladly tell you. In April of 2020, God gave me a dream. Something out of my reach, something big, something God-sized big. And it was very clear. It has been in the back of my mind for over a year now. And my passion for it has been strong at times. Then I would get discouraged, start doubting myself and my God dream. And the flame would flicker and dull. In so many ways and so many times over the past year, God has reignited that passion for his big plan with snippets of, of information. But knowing that it is way out of our reach and only possible through him is a real struggle. And I often find myself saying, God, will this ever happen? A couple of months ago, God took me on a God-wandering, as I call it, and showed me something associated with the dream to ignite, to reignite my passion, to cheer my heart, to press on towards the God-sized big. It made me smile. But I soon once again put it to the back of my mind. Then a month ago, in June 2021, when I was faltering again with his promise. I was driving and all of a sudden my mind went back to a name God had given me a month ago. I struggled to remember it and used all sorts of word associations to get it. Then it came to me and in that very second my phone went Tweet, tweet, tweet. I pulled over on the side of the road and I wrote my experience in my journal. Was God confirming this thought? The rest of the day, it kept rolling around in my head. And the more I thought about it, the more my negative narrative of I'm not worthy crept into my thoughts. The creator of the universe does not have time to be interested in my life, no matter how important a matter I believe it is. Until late in the day, I was starting to believe it was just a coincidence. Later that evening, I sat down with some free time and typed the name that God had given me into a search engine. As my fingers completed the word, my phone went, tweet, tweet, tweet. Oh God, you are good and your patience endures forever and ever.
so. Everyone speaks to us in millions of ways. This is my story. And if you want to see if God is a bird in your life, try him out. See where he leads you. It is possible to stay connected with God all day. I think the Message Bible says it best in Jeremiah 29, 12 and 13. When you come and pray to me, I'll listen. When you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes. When you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. Would you stand and sing with us? I can't help but uh, feel the irony that we picked this song earlier in the week. And I just love the chorus because it says, Lord, I need you, Lord, I need you. Every hour I need you.
I requested this band for, um, for today and um, because I love these guys. They are from my previous... Andrew came to me a few weeks back and said, um, Kath, what songs would you like us to sing? I said, Andrew, you choose, but promise me that you will pray about it first. And um, so thank you. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Every hour... I need you. If we can just bow our heads, please. Dear Lord, we all thank you for our presence, your presence in our lives. You are always with us. May we continue to seek you, God. Amen.